Welcome to Culture Cryptids, the culture podcast where we ask the question, what is horror? Hello, hello, and top of the morning to you. We're not doing that today. No? No. Oh, well, at least I didn't do a voice. I'm... Be thankful for for little things. <laughs> I guess I'll take my victories where I can get them when it comes yeah. to this. I couldn't even do a voice if I wanted to. I'm so bad at accents. Like, anytime I try to do an accent anywhere, it ends up being like we're taking a trip around the world in the 30 seconds it takes me to say whatever I do. I, I just, fall into so many different places. Yeah. yeah. Well, I'm glad you didn't use an accent. I am incredibly disappointed that you said that to begin with but i guess that is how we're starting this episode yeah happy saint patrick's day for those who celebrated <laughs> um, it just that particular phrase like for those who celebrate it like i knew it was coming mm-hmm. and like i'm used to hearing it for like you know christmas or easter oh, yeah. like no. very like religious based holidays but not for like something like that'd be like i, I think for me being like Happy Valentine's Day for those who celebrate. celebrated. <laughs> well, since we're recording this a few days before uh, St. Patrick's Day, do you have any big plans? Uh, nothing that is particularly St. Patrick's Day adjacent mm-hmm. or themed, but I will be going to a drinking establishment. Oh, well. One that is a um, outer space themed one. Oh, very exciting. Yeah. That's right. You're going to the new space themed bar that opened up. Also called... Space bar. <laughs> it's actually really cool. I got to go to it and had a great time. So I think you'll have, you'll really enjoy that. I'm really excited about it. Yeah. If for no other reason, just all of the kind of whole blue around all of the drinks. I like, a, I, I mean, not that you would ever know it, but I like a good production around things. Not even surprised. <laughs> Themed bars are really fun when they're done well. And this one really, really is done well. I just also like the name because I mean, obviously it's outer space, but then also just the phrase like space bar, like, you know, like your space bar. You're actually making a gesture like you're hitting your space bar. Like I'm hitting my space bar. Thank you for the great visual medium that podcasting is. Just wanted to point that out. So what will you be doing for St. Patrick's Day? Probably nothing, but I preemptively celebrated in the grand tradition of going to see Flogging Molly for for March because that is one of the best things you can do is just actually go watch an Irish band. And you've seen them a number of times, yes? Yeah, I'm a big fan. Um, I really They do a really good show and performance, and they are kind of in that, that Irish punk rock that I just really like. Well, cool. I, and yeah. You got the celebration out of the way, so you don't have to be out there with all of the other heathens on the actual day itself. No, thank you. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, I don't imagine that there will be a riotous crowd where I will be, which mm-hmm. I'm very thankful for, but... Yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't really do a whole lot to celebrate St. Patrick's Day, which is kind of weird, I guess, other than like, if you pinch me, I might punch you. But uh, otherwise, that's every day of that's, the year. that is every other day of the year. <laughs> but yeah, St. Patrick's Day is a weird, weird holiday for especially Americans to celebrate, I think. Yeah. Because it's a, it's a Catholic holiday, which is, it gets real weird in there for a lot of reasons. <laughs> It can be said, for, I think, for about anything that's Catholic is real that's weird for a lot of reasons. True. And speaking of weirdness, welcome to Culture Cryptids. We're yes. back with another episode. Yes. And I am Corey, and I will tell you right now that there is not enough whiskey in Ireland to make me watch one of these films that we watched for you this week again. It doesn't exist. Big oof. Well, I am JD, and yes, I am a queer man. Yes, I have bleached my hair. No, I am not having an emotional crisis. I don't know what to do with that one. It feels like a cry for help. Is that a cry for help? Do I need to respond to it? No, I just, I did it on a whim and, you know, I've got this kind of like wonderful kind of almost unicorn thing happening now, but people just always assume that if you're queer, if you're a queer man and you've bleached your hair, Mm -hmm. that you are going through things. Oh. Yeah. Which granted... I am. We are all going through a lot right now, sure. but nothing specifically that's a cry for help. But you're constantly bleaching your hair. So this is like a state of the union for you. But it's usually bleached in the service of doing another color. Okay. Like now it's just like, let's be platinum for a little bit for part of it. That was certainly a voice. <laughs> that was a voice. Better than me trying <laughs> to do an Irish voice at the top of the episode. Fair, fair. Again, thankful for small things. <laughs> 
So you may be wondering why we're talking so much about St. Patrick's Day other than the holiday being there. But we decided that since this is St. Patrick's Day this week, we want to talk about a film that really sums up everything that is wrong with the American celebration of St. Patrick's Day. Actually, two films in a way. So we are going to talk about the wild and wonderful Leprechaun franchise and the 2014 Leprechaun Origins yes. film. Not the 2018 Leprechaun <laughs> Returns. No, completely film. different movie. Completely different movie. <laughs> I was told, watch the original and then watch the newest one. You were, no, you were given very, <laughs> very explicit instructions that were watch the original and then watch the remake. Which, which I was told was the newest one, but there was another one after that one. But... Yeah. You did extra work. I did extra work because I'm an overachiever. <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. So I guess it's safe to say that we're doing another episode of the <laughs> is better. Yes. Yes. But. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's going to become glaringly apparent that this is not a fair title for this, this episode. This is not a fair title for this episode. Um, so if you have seen either of these films, you know exactly what we're getting at. And if you haven't, you're in for a wild ride. Yeah. And. We're not here to bash anyone. We want to like call out the good things that are available about a movie, but it is just really hard with this one. Once again, if you have made a film, you are already doing better than me. Yes. I'm going to start every episode with saying that. If you have made a film in any shape or fashion, you're doing better than me. Good job. Like really. And I'm not saying that sarcastically at all. But you put it out there and that means it's, Open season for me to talk about. We're going to talk about it. (laughs) So before we jump into talking about the films, I was a little bit of overachiever and want to talk about some of the folklore behind leprechauns. Because in the grand scheme of Irish folklore, they're actually really interesting and they have a really kind of fun history. Because of course, like everyone, when you think of a leprechaun, what do you think of? I think of pot of gold, rainbow, Mm -hmm. green outfit, Mm -hmm. shoes with buckles, Mm -hmm. hat with a buckle, Mm -hmm. red hair, tiny right yeah so a lot of those things are actually not associated with the original myths the original irish myths so the original irish folklore you have the idea of a leprechaun as a fairy one of the fae that is a tiny old man who's often got a cocked hat and a leather apron so that's what he's originally associated with so rather than being like a group of fae because there's different we'll we'll talk about different types of fae later in this podcast series but he's a solitary fae which basically means you only see like one or two of them yeah and the name Leprechaun actually derives from the old Irish uh, Luchapen, which is, I probably mispronounced that horribly, but it actually means little body. So that's what the word actually means. So it's extremely descriptive about what it is. Yeah, yeah. he's a little guy. The earliest depictions of Leprechauns actually come from an old Irish le- legend featuring a, a, um, a very well-known Irish mythical figure named Fergus MacLeeda who was the king of Ulster. He was in a bunch of different myths and legends. And one day, according to the story, he fell asleep on the beach and small water sprites that were called the uh, Luchopan, I think that's how you pronounce it, they try to drag him into the ocean. So originally, that's the original story. These little, little men come out and try to pull him into the ocean. He escapes and he captures one of them. And by capturing one of them, they have to grant him three wishes. So that's from the very first story we get this um, interpretation. So we see this probably started arriving around the 8th century. This is when we see them first appearing. So very almost genie-like. Yes, yeah. yeah. There's that kind of thing. But what we know most of them now um, comes from, the modern interpretation of the leprechauns come from William Butler Yeats, like the poet, Mm -hmm. Nobel Prize winner, and he was an amateur folklorist. So a lot of the stuff that we see is stuff that he wrote down. Now, where he collected it, probably um, folklore traveled around. Some of it may be his own invention. So take some of this with a grain of salt. So by the time you you get the, the 20th century, before the 20th century, they actually were, um, were red, not green. Oh, okay. So that's probably where you get the red hair. That kind of probably lasted. And the green may have come from, like, the national Irish color. It's like green is very... Um, very important, like in a color in Ireland. And I'm not Irish, so this is stuff that I've taken from websites and learned about and kind of read in folklore books. So when you talk about the shoes, the shoes came from uh, the fact that leprechauns were thought to be shoemakers. Cobblers. Yeah, yeah, they were cobblers. And which was a very, very 
lucrative profession, which is probably why where the pot of gold comes in because they made a lot of money making shoes, so they have money. Then you often have this idea that they were, um, the original myths, they're usually tricksters more easily than anything else. So they were probably misleading everyone who tried to catch them because if you caught them, you got three wishes. So the the gold kind of probably came in later that when you would catch a leprechaun, a leprechaun would try to trick you and make you pay them. So probably there's this idea of you would pay for your greed. So it's like um, a folklore MLM. Yes, yes. <laughs> yeah, or possibly. This is just kind of a theory behind it. But now when we see leprechauns, you kind of see them, especially in conjunction with St. Patrick's Day, they do sort of represent a lot of the worst of like the 19th century stereotypical depictions of Irish which is where you get that and this is where the kind of folklore and our own like stereotyping come into place because you see them as like short and um, drunk and always want to fight things, which are negative stereotypes associated with a lot of Irish immigrants, which of right. course are not true, but that's what we kind of see, especially in America. So a lot of that, that's why I think they're so heavily seen at St. Patrick's Day celebrations. People dress up like leprechauns and I'm like, what does this have to do with St. Patrick? Okay. Like there's no natural connection. There's there. no natural connection. Yeah. They just come from that association because, you know, American immigrants, this is what America does. So yeah, that that's kind of the background of it, which doesn't really tell you anything about the leprechaun film other than the leprechaun that we see in 1993's leprechaun is exactly what you depicted. Confession. Mm-hmm. I had never watched a full Leprechaun movie until oh, we decided to do this. Okay. I knew a bunch about the original one just mm-hmm. by proxy and picking it up like from everyone else. Like I, I knew who was in it. Mm-hmm. I kind of knew some of the like broader strokes of the story, but I had not like actually sat down and watched an entire one. And for as much as people talk about the original one, about mm-hmm. being like what it is, I I enjoyed it thoroughly. <laughs> I really, really did. Like, it was a, a quote unquote fun ride. It really is. So, yeah, let's talk about 1993's Leprechaun. The premise of the story is really, really an easy one. And actually, I think we can use the IMDb depiction here, which is an evil, sadistic leprechaun goes on a killing rampage in search of his beloved pot of gold. Which, yeah, okay, there is a leprechaun whose gold is stolen from him. And then he. The gold is taken from Ireland to America, so Leprechaun follows. And then he is locked away from his gold by the use of a four-leaf clover. The person who steals his gold has a heart attack. <laughs> and at that point, someone new moves into the house where the Leprechaun is kept, and the gold are sort of kept separately, and unwittingly unleashes this Leprechaun once again. Yes. This movie has one of the things that I really love about it, like horror movies from like mm-hmm. the late 80s, 80s and early 90s. We just start. It, like, yeah, it, just, it just starts. <laughs> There's none of this like build up or having to like learn all this backstory. It's nope. like, all right, this movie is starting and we are in it. <laughs> We're here. We sold some gold. Here's a leprechaun. He's real mad about it's it. It's so straightforward. Mm-hmm. It, like the setup is so straightforward. I appreciate that. And that's something I have a problem with with the other one we're going to be talking right. about. This one um, was written and directed by Mark Jones, mm-hmm. who like quite a prolific TV writer. Yeah. Like wrote for the A-Team and ALF, which is a show I very much enjoyed when I was a child. <laughs> well, he wrote for like a ton of television mm-hmm. and then he went on to do like the television movie of like Rumpelstiltskin and like St- Scorn. So you can kind of tell that he kind of enjoys some some fairy tale elements in there as well. You wouldn't have a Leprechaun franchise without, of course, the titular character, the Leprechaun, played by Warwick Davis, who is one of the most delightful human beings ever. Not that we need to provide any of like other things he's been in. No. Like, I think everybody knows who he is, but of course, like Willow. He, yeah, he's Willow. Star Wars, Harry Potter, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah, he is. He and he plays uh, Lubden, Lubden the, the Leprechaun. Mm-hmm. And he plays that character through, gosh, five other movies. So he plays that character in a total of six films. And um, he's our one kind of returning bright spot in the entire series. But also like this movie had like, which is wild because I forgot the only other person that you kind of ever really know is like Jennifer Aniston. This is like her first role, right? Pre-Friends. It it came out the year prior to Friends. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So we have her and then we, I have to call out like Ozzy in the movie is played by Mark Holton who, of course, I know as Francis from From, Pee-wee's Big Adventure. That's right. Yeah, he's in the... So you have, like, yeah, the cast is kind of, like, a lot of, at the time, unknowns, except for Warwick Davis, who was largely known for playing 
roles where he was a like in a mask or a, like a kind of a creature because like right. in star wars that's i mean he's been in more star wars movies than anybody else oh did I not think, know that i think Fun so fact. yeah i think he's been in the most star wars films uh, as of this point playing multiple characters multiple <laughs> characters yes most notably his first role was um wicked the ewok from return of the jedi so yeah so you have this idea that like this this movie you're like okay but how do you go from here is an irish folklore creature how do you make it scary? <laughs> and that is the funniest thing is that this film, like Jones, Mark Jones, who wrote it was just like, okay, but like he watched a lucky charms commercial and was like, how do I make this evil? That's it. That's all he did. And then he was watching the film critters, an eighties classic creature feature movie. That's B horror all the way. And I love it. And he was like, okay, but yes, let's do a small antagonist. I want a, I want a like smaller size antagonist against other people to kind of make this work. And the story was originally supposed to be a like straight up horror film, like really scary with a lot of horror elements in there. But like it, <laughs> there, there are too many people in this movie who have like great comedic additions and mm-hmm. comedic timing that it morphed into a, a horror comedy. Like they actually like they had to film additional scenes because the studio was like, this isn't scary enough. Yeah. It needs to be gory. <laughs> yeah. can, can you make this more scary? And they're like, not really, but we're, we're going to do our yeah. best here. And yeah, because this got made by Trimark Production Company, which was formerly Vidmark. And they're best known for movies like Warlock and Demon Warp and Eve's Bayou. Like those are the, Eve's Bayou was like the big one that they came to make yeah. the money. Um, and then, oh, I do like the Warlock movies. The Warlock movies are yeah. great, but they're, they're, you get what you pay yeah. for it there too. <laughs> And it laid, like later, Trimark originally became Lionsgate. So that's what we have now. And uh, the original budget was less than a million dollars. And it made $10 million at the box office. So by all accounts, made their money back. Yeah, it was a good gamble mm-hmm. for Mark Jones because he, like, he wanted to do more outside of television. Mm-hmm. And like he figured that a low-budget horror movie would be a good end to getting into like feature stuff. And it paid off in this right. case. Yeah, right. Yeah, they and they tried... <laughs> They tried to, so hard to make it scary, but even as they said, it's like when you're filming a fight scene with Warwick Davis and Jennifer Aniston, how do you fight? How do you film that to make that look like there's any real peril for any of the characters? And a lot of it they did with some like clever camera work, and also the fact that you have this leprechaun with magic, so he can make things happen. And they were saying that like there's a scene in the hospital, and like I always remember the scene: the leprechaun is in a wheelchair, and he is wheeling himself as fast as possible, and she, he's chasing her down this hallway. And there, and apparently, like the wheelchair wasn't going fast because wheelchairs can only physically go so fast, <laughs> and like the wheelchair wasn't going fast enough to make it look like he was actually like gonna catch up with her. So they had to like speed it up in post and like slow her down. So like the way that they could film it, there was some like really funny like filming things that went on there. There's a few instances of that mm-hmm. happening that I mean, I'm sure we're not intentionally meant to be funny, but like that's how it comes off and it really works. <laughs> this, this film has such delightful camp in it in terms of like, okay, we have to, cause when they find out they're like, Oh no, we have to return this leprechaun's gold because there's so many moments where no one takes this seriously at all. They're like, there's a leprechaun in the basement <laughs> and they're like, go to the basement. There's nothing here. What are you talking about? And like, there's so many moments like there's a leprechaun and he's right over there. And it's like, it's a cat or like all these things that they keep playing with this game of like, no, there's no leprechaun. There's no leprechaun. And then suddenly surprise bitch, there's leprechaun. Uh, it just makes for some funny like moments too with all of that. So I, I really like this movie. It's a movie that is kind of like, it's a good, bad that you want to watch anytime you see it on. And like, I'm sad that you hadn't seen it before because I have been watching these movies for years. Like anytime they came on the sci-fi channel, I was like, oh yes, I will watch all of them. Oh no. Yeah, it was great. And it's this movie, it has such like a mixed perception and reviews Mm -hmm. like from like a critical standpoint, it's pretty much negatively received, but obviously it's a cult classic. People love it. Yeah. They've made so many of these movies. So many of them. (laughs) And like, so to give you an idea, if you haven't, if you're not aware, aware of the full extent of the Leprechaun franchise, there is is, a list. I've got a list. There's Leprechaun 2. Which I think, I think Leprechaun 2 is the kind of a basic one. Leprechaun 3, I think, takes place in Vegas. Leprechaun 4 is in space. space. Yes, the space one is the best one. I'm not going not gonna to lie. There's Leprechaun in the Hood, which came out in 2000. There's Leprechaun Back to the Hood, 
And then in and then and then there is the new sequel that came out in 2018, which is just called Leprechaun, which retcons all the other ones and is a sequel to just the first one. Correct. Leprechaun Returns. Yes, Leprechaun yeah. Returns. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So those are the films that are in that order. And there's also another one, which we're going to talk about, kind of the remake of it. But yeah, this film is, it's good, can't be fun. It's fun to put on when you're just like, I kind of want something to watch and hang out with my friends or just be silly and, and hang out with. And it also like, the first film specifically, the Leprechaun, like the, oh, he's so evil. I'm like, is he though? Is he evil? Because... He just wants his gold back. He just wants his gold back. He may be going about it the wrong way, but his grievances aren't. Yeah. He's got some valid concerns. (laughs) You took his money from him and then you carted him across from his home to the United States. And then he's bound because of the four leaf clover for, Mm -hmm. I don't think, are we told how long it is between? Really told how long it was. No. Um, Yeah. He's bound by the, the clover and the money's just sort of sitting there. And then these, idiot kids find his money and then unleash him and then then hijinks ensue basically because like there is of course the idea that even when they try to give it back they can't give back all of it so what does that mean which you also shouldn't you shouldn't eat gold but don't (laughs) you know that's neither here nor there don't put gold in your mouth don't put metals like that in your body don't put things in your mouth like that you know you learn that As a toddler, don't put things in your mouth that don't go there. I'm going to hold my tongue. Yeah, you should. You should. <laughs> I, I do have to call out, though, I don't feel like Jennifer Aniston gets enough praise mm-hmm. for her for her comedy. I mean, obviously, like, as Rachel on Friends, mm-hmm. that was wildly successful. People loved her in that role. She's done some movies that kind of have some comedic elements to them, but in this film, I feel like her timing is perfect on everything. And with the dialogue that she's given, which can be kind of hokey and cheesy, mm-hmm. she makes it work really, really well. Oh too. yeah. Like, I mean, her character is this kind of like, I mean, they say like spoiled, but if you mm-hmm. brought me out to the middle of nowhere to a cabin that no one had lived at for how many years. And then we're just like, this is where we're staying this summer. I'd probably have the same reaction of like, there's no, there's no television. Is there, is there anything here? It's, it's, I mean, like, so, yeah, about that in particular, yeah. like, there's the whole line where she, like, they get there and she's like, this is a joke, right? This is our poor neighbor's house. And then you're going to take us to our house. Yeah. And her dad's like, no, never judge a book mm-hmm. by its cover. And then her response is, dad, this book doesn't even have a cover. <laughs> yeah, like, that's pretty good. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> or her whole, like, I'm staying at a hotel, I'm leaving. And he's like, you're right. And then she sees the hunky, like, um. Never mind. <laughs> yeah. The, yeah. And she's like, no, dad, I'm staying. It's fine. It's fine. There's a hot boy here. I'm staying. And, and look, the timing on that is just really well done. And her physical comedy is is really good because even okay full disclosure not really a friends person didn't really see a whole lot of it only watched it when um my college roommates made me watch all of it wasn't she kind of more of like the sh- the straight man character for a lot of friends that i feel like i and i'm not the hugest friends person mm-hmm. either i mean i watched it when it came out just because like everyone did um but everyone was kind of a mix of a lot of a lot of different archetypes and i kind of think throughout the course of the series people switched off like who who was like the main funny person and Mm -hmm. who was like the straight person and all of that but that's the thing is i don't think she's ever had a chance like she had in this one to kind of just go all out with it yeah which is interesting based on her relationship with the film Mm mm-hmm she has a complicated relationship with it. Like I think like my knowledge of it, even before seeing it and before looking into it for this was that she tried to disavow it. It was kind of a thing she was embarrassed about, which is not necessarily the case. She Mm -hmm. does still credit it as her first big success. Yeah. 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 I think that's hard though. When you have films that didn't do well critically or that people make fun of in a lot of ways to be like, Oh, this is where I got my start. And it's, harder I think when you're a younger actor as well like when maybe when she was on friends for a while being like oh we're just not going to talk about that one because Mm -hmm. I want to get more roles but I think now she's an established like Hollywood staple that she can be like oh yeah leprechaun that was a lot of fun or whatever she has to say about it and acknowledge that like this is where she came from because you see that a lot I think with a lot of actors and things like that but I mean it's hard though because you're like yeah I got I got chased by Warwick Davis in a um in a wheelchair 
<laughs> through a through an unlit hospital and he was dressed like a leprechaun like how that was my first gig well and you know when friends became such a huge, huge success they obviously tried to you know capitalize off of that yeah the cover art is very much her her mm-hmm. like it's not even like there's like the silhouette of the leprechaun but it is jennifer aniston's face like plastered on the box to try to be like hey you know this person watch yeah. this movie she's she's here she's here and and, and she's not in any of the sequels, obviously, because Friends took off. But no one in the original cast is in any of the sequels until um, Leprechaun Returns. Leprechaun Returns, and, and then it's Mark Holton. It's Mark Holton. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, it's just Warwick Davis and all of them throughout yeah. different kind of adventures to get his gold back. And, he, he, and of course, he's not in that one either. And no. His whole thing, behind, I think, is that since he had younger children, he didn't want to do these type of roles anymore. Correct. He, according to most interviews, he said that he kind of hung up doing horror because of his, the age of his children and that he was like, maybe I need to take a break from this for a little while to raise my kids. And cause it's hard to explain to your kids. Why is daddy? Daddy's got to go eviscerate someone. (laughs) Daddy's got to go murder somebody with some one liners. And also he's making some more sweet star Wars money now. So, you know, good on him. Yeah. Good on him. The um the Leprechaun Returns one, because there is a part of it that does reference Tori, mm-hmm. and there's even a voiceover that is supposed to be Tori. Yeah, that is actually Jennifer Aniston, isn't it? It is not Jennifer Aniston. Is it Aniston. not? It's okay. Heather McDonald, who oh. is a known, a known okay. actress. It's yeah. kind of interesting that they picked her to do Jennifer Aniston's voice. And Jennifer Aniston said that, from what I was able to find, is that they tried to court some of the original people to come back, but mm-hmm. they couldn't get the dollar amounts necessary. Oh yeah. But Jennifer Anderson says that they never asked her. Oh, they probably knew they couldn't afford her. Yeah. Yeah. So there's a little bit of, he said, she said there. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. I mean, and I haven't seen the 2018 movie. Um, well, I watched that one so did. I can tell you all about it. You did. It. You watched all of it. Is it, is it worth seeing? It is. Okay. Cause this is, Listeners, this is what <laughs> happened. So I misunderstood the assignment and I thought I was supposed to watch the newest one and not the kind of reboot Leprechaun Origins. Mm-hmm. So me and Corey get together and yep. we're ready, ready to record, we're ready to record. And I say, wow, I was surprised by that movie about how much I liked it. And then you have this look on your face. <laughs> Like, did we watch the same movie? And spoiler alert, no, we did, we did not. not watch, did the, not same watch movie. the same movie. Yeah, the 2008 Leprechaun Returns is a direct sequel to the first mm-hmm. one, and it hinges on Tori's daughter. Yes. Is the main character in that one. But it's directed by Stephen Kostansky, uh, mm-hmm. who did The Void and Psycho Gorman. Okay. And it's before he did either of those movies. And knowing that, I was like, okay, that's why I like this movie. It's got his fingerprints all over it that makes sense yeah Yeah. um i'm gonna go back and watch it i just hadn't had the opportunity yet to go see i wanted to have it finished before we did this almost like our second attempt at recording (laughs) this episode but yeah um i'll have to go back and watch it it has like the cast on it's pretty good too Mm -hmm. the leprechaun that one is played by lyndon porco who Mm -hmm. in channel zero and nightmare alley and then uh tori's daughter's character um is played by taylor spritler Okay. Who is going to be, I wanted to bring up, because she'll be playing Daphne in the upcoming Mystery Inc. series that's oh. going to be on the CW. Okay. Yeah. Oh, a CW Scooby-Doo. Wow. Yeah. I mean, it's getting the Riverdale treatment. That is that is going to be a thing, isn't I it? I can't wait. I know you can't. You and your CW show. It's one of two. There apparently are, like, there's another, another live action Scooby-Doo thing that's happening, too. So, because we need that. We need all of that. Sure. When are they going to give me my, my Thelma and Daphne, uh, you know, ship? It's fine. Oh, yeah. well, there is the, the actual Velma prequel series that's going to be on HBO Max. Yeah. Yeah. That's exciting. It's animated. But yeah. Yeah. One day, one day it'll happen <laughs> for me. But back to Leprechaun. <laughs> back to Leprechaun. <laughs> yeah. It, this, this movie is absurd. It's definitely worth watching. And I, I really enjoy it. It was an important part of my childhood. Like I will again say all of them are ridiculous. I, I think I have seen all of them, but sometimes I get the, the two in the hood and back to the hood can confuse. Cause I watched both of them together. Mm-hmm. Like it's one of those things. Like I've seen them the least because they were like the two thousands movies. And I, um, was like, Oh, it's two thousands horror. But, um, Leprechaun in space is the most ridiculous thing I've ever seen. There is a scene in Leprechaun in space where the leprechaun gets engaged to the space princess. 
right? There's Leprechaun, there's a space princess, they're engaged. And at some point, she opens her shirt and shows you her top, right? And then space says, boobs. space boobs, and says, look upon these and despair. And then closes her top <laughs> and walks away. And the context is, is to see the space princess naked is a like a death sentence on her planet, but nothing ever comes of it. She literally just shows you her space boobs. And the, but the line, look upon these in despair is, is just a cinematic masterpiece yeah. because you're just like, what is even, cause you don't know what's happening. You're mm-hmm. like, what, why am I watching this? And this movie came out in like 97. So like when this movie came out, I was like, what? Huh? But yeah, that movie is a, a whole lot. Well, and you know, a lot of people don't have as much love for the sequels as they do sure. the original. And I honestly, like, it's weird to say, but I think the original holds up really well. And I think one of the things that works in its favor, and it's something that works for a lot of horror, especially that came out in this time period, is that, you know, a lot of movies try to exist outside of time and be timeless. Mm-hmm. They think that that's going to give them longevity. Yeah. But this case, in this case, this movie is distinctly early 90s. Yes. And I think that's why it holds up because you can attach a time and a place to it mm-hmm. that explains everything about it. Yeah. 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 And a lot of the sequels feel like sequels because the only sequel I really remember that much about is the one in space. The space because one. Yeah. That was the late 90s when everything was going to space because like <laughs> Jason x went to space and like all these other things so that was like that era of films but yeah they've done a bunch of films and and then in 2003 was the last one but then then something happened and in 2014 we got leprechaun origins oh boy yes you know what i loved about this movie nothing i I was about to say i don't don't know what you're gonna tell me because i don't think there's anything um this was a hard movie to watch for me because I do want to start this by saying you guys made a movie and you have already done more than I have ever done. So good job. Good job team that put this together. But how, how did this come to be? Because I do not understand how all of these working pieces made it here. Right. So to give, yeah, to give the IMDb Mm -hmm. description on this one, I love that in the description it says not related to the previous leprechaun films. Let's go ahead and get that out of the way. Mm Two young couples backpacking through Ireland discover that one of Ireland's most famous legends is a terrifying reality. Right. And I think the problem with this off the bat is that you used the leprechaun name purposefully to draw back to the 1993 version and called it like a remake or a reimagining. But it's not. <laughs> it's not. And and I think that's the thing that first right off the bat, like don't call things, don't, don't call things a reimagining or a remake just to get eyes on it mm-hmm. because it ends up hurting you more than anything else. And that was the problem with this film. Yeah. Cause I mean, I think, and we've brought this up before with other, other movies we've talked about. Like if this were just kind of like a generic creature feature, mm-hmm. it, it could have been better received. Yeah. We probably would have had more fun with it. Yeah. But by calling it a leprechaun movie, you go, you're, there's no way you can't have expectations right. about it. Yeah. Right. And this one, again, had it been like a a creature feature that was even just called the leprechaun or called something, you know, else, I think you could have done a lot more with it. But by calling it leprechaun and by saying, first of all, this film was developed and produced by WWE Studios, which have been really hit or miss in the films they've come out with. Yeah, the minute that showed up on screen, I kind of like um had an audible groan, but then mm-hmm. I had to remember like, Oculus is also a WWE yeah. film, and I love that movie. That's what I'm saying. Like they've, they've been really hit or miss with some of their films. And the weird thing about this is that this was like the whole reason they got the rights to it was for it to be a, a film vehicle for Dylan Hornswoggle Postal, mm-hmm. who's a WWE wrestler. And they wanted to give him a role that he could build and like kind of build maybe a franchise out of. So they chose Leprechaun and then, and then gave him this role and look like, how can something be a starring vehicle for someone when you don't see that person's face and they don't utter a single line in the movie? Right, right. This is the big problem with Mm -hmm. this film is that if you wanted to make this person, if you want to make this wrestler into an action star or even like a a horror star, you have to give them something to work with. And there's nothing for him to work with here. I have no idea what kind of an actor 
Dylan Postal is. Like, I, I can't tell you. I can't tell if he's good. I can't tell if he's bad. I can't tell you anything about him. Because even from the design elements that they chose, instead of doing the traditional, here is what we think of when we see a leprechaun, which is green in, in the green hat with the buckles and the shoes and his little his little buckled shoes, um, you know, all this sort of thing. They made him look like a, like a subterranean mole person. Which was the inspiration was yeah, mole rats. But, yeah. But mm-hmm. why? That yeah. is my first question is like, why would you call a film leprechaun and not call it mole man? Yeah. I, I, I have many questions. There, there are a lot of them. I have a there list a of, of questions. When it's also like weird because this was like directed by Zap. The, what is it? The director was like Zap. Lepowski? Zach Lepowski, Lepowski. yeah, which, who did Freaks, yeah. and I love that movie. Yeah, yeah. 2000, uh, 2018's Freaks, just to Yeah, he did 2018's yeah. Freaks, and then he did the Kim Possible movie in 2019 that was incredibly well-received from everything that I've heard, and it was kind of co-written with Dylan Possible. So they wrote the story together and didn't give him anything to do in mm-hmm. it, and I'm like, this is your movie, sir. What are you doing? And there's a couple, of, like, there's a few kind of, like, notable people in the film that were in like television because there's one of the the stephanie bennett from the shadow hunters tv show is like plays sophie yeah plays yeah. sophie and then there's one of the guys that was in um freddie versus jason and he's an arrow um uh who's in it as like david and a couple other people that like are kind of like don't really have a lot of credits so yeah this this film was shot in 15 days they put the whole thing together in 15 days it was shot in vancouver and and not in Ireland, of course. So things were really tight. It sounds like they just were really kind of struggling with both time and their script and a lot of stuff when it was happening. But let's 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 talk about the movie and the plot of this movie. And it takes all of the ridiculousness and humor mm-hmm. from the original and like it replaces it with kind of what felt to me like hostile like vibes like that whole vibe of like we're in another country we're outsiders terrible things are going to happen to us right and it also kind of had that um what i call the twilight filter on it where everything is kind of like got that wash out what what time of day is it i can't tell (laughs) yes the whole thing because the the movie opens with like another couple getting murdered by things Mm -hmm. we don't see so we're like already you know this is bad vibes and then there's these four backpackers and and two of them well one one of our final girl is really into folklore and history and the other three just want to kind of go out and have a good time and they end up they end up getting told oh you can see some really cool stuff if we take you out to this area and of course when they go out there it's a trick they've been tricked they're trapped in this like house in the middle of nowhere because it is like it's a little cabin in the middle of nowhere and then of course this thing comes for them although it's kind of unclear too about how the quote-unquote subterranean mole man leprechaun knew that they were there or knew to look for them or to hunt them it's very unclear like how and why these things happen yeah like how does feeding this thing work yeah what do they do if no outsiders come to the yeah. village though <laughs> i like i just started writing down questions i'm like well because yeah the, the premise is that like if you, if you haven't seen this film i mean you can stop at any point in time and then come back to this but the premise of it is that the we're doing you a favor by ruining this movie the irish you. locals <laughs> have been feeding people to the leprechaun because they took its money that's it that's the story and I also, okay, this is going to be an incredibly pedantic thing for me to say is that at some point, at some point, she goes in and she finds a book that says, oh, hey, look at this thing. And they call it, she's like, oh, this is what it really is. And it's like a Tuatha de Danon. And they give it this name and they're like, that means leprechaun. I'm like, bitch, it does not. not. Let me tell you, (laughs) like, I got angrier when she was like looking at this like book and was like it's called a leprechaun I'm like no that's not a leprechaun you picked a random thing out of folklore and said this is a leprechaun because like the the Swatha Dedanon are actual folklore creatures but they're nothing like this mm-hmm. and they're probably like closer to what like Tolkien's idea of the elves were so think of these like bright regal, shining royal, regal yeah. royal people in and they may have actually been like in they may have actually been closer to like deities in Irish folklore, like very early Irish folklore that have been passed down to become more like the, the quote unquote fae. So you have this already where they're just like, you guys were so close. You could have picked anything out of folklore, 
but you picked the goddamn token elves and, <laughs> and then made them into mole people. And I was like, oh no, this is, this is not going to go well. There's nothing really good about the execution of this film. Yeah. Like in watching it, the, the kills aren't particularly interesting. There's nothing really done that's new or different. The, I will say them accidentally tricking them into accidentally killing their friend was like the highlight where I was like, okay, that was kind of fine. Yeah. That, that I liked, but the thing I didn't like about that is up until that point, you know, cause like way off the bat, like Sophie, you know, our final girl mm-hmm. takes a position of being like very like takes charge and takes the lead. Yeah. And then that happens. And from that point on, she's just kind of bumbling for the yeah. rest of it. And like, yeah, I get it. You killed your friend, but if you're setting this person up to be our final girl and then she completely does a 180 as far as how mm-hmm. she's acting, I wasn't like, I wasn't compelled for her to survive after that. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's part of it too, is you didn't create enough of a interest in all these characters for us to care if they lived or not. So they felt like cannon fodder, which may have been any, okay. If that was your purpose, but you were setting up your main, your main actor, uh, Hornswoggle, to be this big bad that we all wanted to root for and wanted to see in other films, you didn't give him anything to do. Yeah, that's the thing, is if these are just going to be random kills on the service of this character, this mm-hmm. leprechaun, you have to make that character compelling. Yeah. And, like, nothing, there are, there are no compelling characters in this movie at all. Mm-hmm. As far as our four, you know, leads, our four outsiders, the backpackers, they are openly antagonistic towards one another at multiple points throughout the movie. Yeah. Like you don't root really for anyone. No. <laughs> and, and again, if you want to make a compelling creature, like you don't see it very well. Mm-mm. There's no really good shots of the suit until like the very, very end. And even then it's like in the headlights of the car, but it looks like this weird, blurry, naked thing with gorilla arms that are, are the prosthetic arms that they gave him to just swing wildly in like blurry kind of ways that you're just like, I don't, what is happening in this scene? Because, oh, there's blood splatter and someone died. But how did the ineffectual, like, <laughs> you know, arm waving, like make that happen? Yeah, the... Because the mole rat thing I read after the fact, because I was like, what were they trying to do with this creature? Like, mm-hmm. what were they basing it on? So not knowing that watching the movie, I, another question I had is like, why is it sensitive to light? Because there's no, we're never told. We're just like, we see this happen. It only happens to at infer night. that. And like, why does it see in some sort of weird, like almost predator, like heat vision? Type yeah. Thing? <laughs> Don't know. Unclear Don't know. as Don't well. Know. Why is it only bound to the certain area that it can get out of? Right. Why, why doesn't everyone just leave that certain area? Like, why don't they just pack up and move to the other side of that area? Yeah. Like, Cause the, we're, it is established that that village is not that old. And also if you got all this money, why would you, why would you stay where the, the leprechaun's going to eat you? Yeah. The not leprechaun. It, also, why are the credits for this movie 11 minutes long? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I was no. watching it and I was like, surely I'm at the end. Mm-hmm. And then I'm like, oh, I am at the end. But why is there like an additional like almost like 15 minutes left? And it is 11 minutes for credits on th- this movie that yeah. I just watched that I, who did all of this work? What was this work for? <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't know. And it, it, it makes me kind of sad because I really do like to see films that are based in folklore, mm-hmm. at least in some form or fashion. And this one felt like it had a couple of ideas. Like they had read a couple, like maybe Wikipedia articles and then were like, okay, let's cool. Let's do something out of folklore. And then completely disregarded everything that they had read. And were like, mole men with weird proportions. Cause it, it looks like, and I can't tell because it was so dark when I was trying to see the movie. Like, and you, there are no pictures online of the leprechaun suit. Mm-mm. I cannot find any pictures of it, but it looks constantly like he's maybe crouching in the suit with the long prosthetic arms, like, like sitting like a gorilla, like a weird naked gray mole gorilla. And like, I, I don't understand what's happening there. And like, I was like this, this actor, why, <laughs> why did you put him in this suit? I don't understand. Yeah, no. It, and people listening maybe like we're ragging on this movie really hard mm-hmm. and we are cri- criticizing it quite a bit, but I do want to say it's not necessarily a bad movie. It's just to me, it was very generic overall and it was claiming to be something that was not referential to the original at all. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's, 
I think that's part of it. The problem is that I think if you had created a new creature feature and done something different with it and called it something different, or even said we're reinventing the kind of idea of a leprechaun and we mm-hmm. wanted to do it based like this, but not bought the rights to leprechaun and then said, this is a gritty, a gritty reboot, a gritty dark reboot. You don't have to reboot everything as gritty dark. You should take that up with DC. <laughs> I'll take it up with anybody. You know how I feel about that. It, there are things that work for being gritty and mm-hmm. dark, and there really are. But when you find something that is well-known for being a franchise that has a bunch of things that are not in this tone, and you do a complete 180 with the tone instead of incorporating some of the elements that obviously made it well-liked but still call it the same thing, that doesn't feel like a remake to me. And I think there there are a lot of a whole lot of successful remakes that are to take the tone of the original and make it darker. And actually, I think the next one in our series is one we're going to talk about that I really really love and I'm very excited about. But this just did not hit the mark for me. No. Mm-hmm. If it's going to be Leprechaun, there needs to be a certain amount of whimsy to it, mm-hmm. and there is no whimsy at all in this movie. And as what you said in the 2018 one, they seem to have reversed course with this, and just and they understand what the rest of us were like, what origin is this? What is this the origin of? And have taken it back into the direction that people really enjoy. Yeah, because honestly, with Leprechaun Returns, the setup for that movie is ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Like as far as like what, where we are, what we're led to believe. Because I mean, yeah. it's Tori's daughter. We're back at the place where the original movie took place. <clears throat> mm-hmm. But she's not there because that was land that her family owned. She's there yeah. because that is the site of this sorority that she's part of now. Okay. Because, oh yeah, there's a college, a, a very <laughs> environmentally forward college that's in this place now where the original, okay. the original happened. Okay, sure. So there's a very much like a green eco warrior mm-hmm. type element to Leprechaun Returns in a way that um, I like when things know that they're being really silly preachy Mm -hmm. about something and this movie is and I appreciate it and that can be really fun like that's that's a lot of fun and things to do with it and I definitely want to see the the 2018 one and I I don't regret watching this because I think that I regret that I paid four dollars to watch it (laughs) (laughs) I think they had some good ideas in here I will say in terms of like this idea of let's do this kind of monster film with Mm -hmm. local sacrifice to this ancient creature and I think if they had just stuck with that and then not not done it as Leprechaun. And I feel like I'm going to say this a lot when we do these episodes, but... You can do this type of thing mm-hmm. right, and it's called The Ritual. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah and you can. You, re- you really can do a good film with a Squitter premise. And I don't even think any of the actors did a bad job in no. it. I think... I, I don't think that that was really the problem with it. And I I think that the the director here maybe didn't know what he wanted to do. And I think they were like, what if this happened? And what if this happened? And what if that happened? But didn't sit down to be like, okay, let's either make it Leprechaun or not Leprechaun. Yeah. (laughs) And they tried to do both and they ended up doing either. It could have been too many cooks in the kitchen. That that is also a thing too. Um, And it could be a case of, and I don't know, this is just me spitballing. could be the case of you were given this assignment and what you really wanted to write was like your original stuff, which as we've seen, he can, he can do. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I don't know. I don't know what happened, but this is not a Leprechaun movie. That's all I know. So for our final thoughts, really, um, yeah, which one is better? I I, <laughs> I think it's very well established at this point. I, I the original is obviously better. Mm-hmm. There are elements in Leprechaun Origins that you know, as we discussed, could could work if they were divorced completely from the Leprechaun franchise. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think again, I think you can take risks with well known franchises, which is kind of funny because I feel like this is kind of the same conclusion we came to Nightmare on Elm Street. It really like, is. If it wasn't a Nightmare on yeah. Elm Street movie, I would have liked this more. <laughs> which is yeah, it it really is like it's it's one of those things. But I do think that you can take these well known franchises and you can change them. Like look at what they've done with like Child's Play, for example, and Texas Chainsaw Massacre. How they've pivoted and made these changed the tone and changed the story and made and oh yeah the child, child's play it. is a great example yes. like a lot of people don't like the 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 remake i liked it because it does kind of modernize it in a mm-hmm. way i was like yes you made a completely different movie it was not a shot for shot yes. rehash of the yeah. original and i appreciate that but even i don't ch- like the fact that aubrey plaza <laughs> is playing people who can be old enough to be moms now because that makes me feel <laughs> really old 
Um, I, but also Sorry. like child's play pivots even halfway through this series mm-hmm. from what they do with like when they turn it into like bride of Chucky onward, like you can tell that the, the, sh- like they saw it going down one way and then pivoted and went yeah. like a completely different direction. And that works for that franchise. The same thing for like Texas Chainsaw Massacre. How many different reinventions of Texas Chainsaw Massacre have we seen, including the newest one? Like that just sort of were like, okay, we're going to do something slightly new and different. And like even Friday the 13th has had that as well. It, you can make it work and you can try something new and different with it. But I think you have to be really careful when you do it. And like Leprechaun isn't a franchise that had a lot going for it outside of the lead actor and the lead character. Like he was like Warwick Davis was Leprechaun. He was the series. Yes. Yeah. He, he was the series. And when you not only replace the actor, which I totally understand. And this is not a, Oh, why didn't they get the same actor? but you replace the core concept of what if magical lucky charms was evil (laughs) because of the concept with something completely different. You're taking a risk that isn't going to probably pay off with the fans. And I don't think it's going to attract any new people. Mm -mm. There wasn't anything new enough in this one to bring in a new crowd and you essentially alienate alienated everyone who was a fan of the original series. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's, it's an unfortunate thing that, that happened with this interview. You should watch Leprechaun 1993 version. You should watch Leprechaun four. You can watch, you should watch Leprechaun in the hood, both of them. And you should watch, um, the Leprechaun returns. Yeah. Watch Leprechaun returns. I, Mm -hmm. it, it's a sci-fi original Mm -hmm. and it is like S tier sci-fi original to me. Yeah. Yeah. I'll bump it up my list to watch then. Like I'm honest, I haven't seen it, but you don't, you don't really need to watch Leprechaun origins unless you're just sort of like, okay, let's see what this is about. Yeah. And though at the time that this comes out, Mm -hmm. we will be a smidge past St. Patrick's day will be a day past. Yeah. It's never the wrong time to watch Leprechaun. It's really not. It's really not. Do yourself a favor. Yeah. Well, and especially spend the $4 on the original. (laughs) Don't spend the $4 on Leprechaun origins. It's true. That's true. And on that note, I was going to say top of the morning again. No, just to you make can't. You can't. Happen. Don't do it. But what's a good sign off for St. Patrick's Day? Kiss me. I'm Irish. I don't know. No, that's. <laughs> Why are you like this? Top of the morning. Do no. <laughs> Culture Cryptids is recorded, produced, and engineered by me, JD. And me, Corey. You can find us on social media at Culture Cryptids on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Questions, comments, corrections, hate mail? Email us at culturecryptids at gmail.com. We'll see you next time.